Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful people from around the world. Today, it's my privilege to welcome a very, very celebrated army officer who gave up his career in the army and has now taken up to looking after and empowering youth in the northeast of the country, Colonel Chris Regal. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Great to be here. Colonel Rigo is the founder of the Sunbird Trust, which was set up to empower youth and build friendship between the people of different ethnicities. And he's a colonel from the Corps of Engineers. So, Chris, what would you say are the three key milestones in your life or your career? The very first, I would say, Ashutosh, is, uh, of course, being selected for the army. I come from a lineage of, you know, four generations in the army, mm-hmm. uh, starting from my great-grandfather downwards. Wow. And uh, we even have the pride that somebody from our extended uh, family was a chief of the naval staff. Mm-hmm. So, coming from that background, is, is joining the army, I would say, was a very big uh, milestone. Uh, it changes the direction of your whole life and you spend uh, decades over there. Mm-hmm. So, that itself, I would say, was one of the first um, key milestones. Within the army came the second milestone was being posted twice to the Northeast, which completely changed my perspective, you know, and did away with all the prejudices that one comes loaded with when you get Mm. posted to that part of the country that the Northeastern people are like this and, you know, uh, their attitudes, their behaviors, while being with them and experiencing their realities, it changes your perspective completely. Okay. And the third, of course, milestone is the launching of Sunbird Trust. Mm-hmm. It is so great to have a way to express all the thoughts and ideas that I gathered along the line and put them in action through Sunbird Trust. Wonderful. So, uh, you know, let's talk about the Sunbird Trust. Yeah. Tell me about the kind of work that you are doing. So my experience in the Northeast has been basically that I personally... Uh, saw the, you know, the turbulence, sometimes even the violence that was there. Mm-hmm. And in such a beautiful part of our country, I felt it was totally unnecessary. Mm. And if you see that over decades, so much has been lost in livelihoods, in the way people live, the peace, the tranquility, and all for no good reason. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought there had to be a better way than keeping the gun pointed at our own people, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, so many different ways that could be done. And I came to the uh, uh, reality that people were getting into this mode because many of the youth were not getting a chance to be educated. Mm -hmm. There were two different things. Firstly, it was their inability financially to uh, access education. And physically living on so many hills so far from the nearest school, having to stay in in affordable hostels. Mm -hmm. So I thought of using peace, building peace through education. And in multiple ways, firstly, by creating that excess, both financially and physically. Mm-hmm. And secondly, getting to the population, local populations through the children, uh, through their education, getting connected with the local communities. Okay. So uh, in a nutshell, the work of Sunbird Trust is peace through education. Peace through education. Yeah. And when you talk education, you're talking of uh, K to 12, is it? or? Generally, K to 12, we are now started putting up, uh, we have now started uh, taking out our children beyond the 10th to the 12th, beyond the 12th to graduation. And we even have a couple of postgraduate children now. Wonderful. And what motivated you to, uh, you know, set up this trust? I mean, 
why why a trust why don't you just go and work uh, with some private sector company and do something similar well i would have to say that the temptation was there being an engineer officer with an mba and three decades in the army correct uh, and with infrastructure going the way it is in the country there were many many opportunities to go to the corporate sector especially correct. as many of my batchmates had gone that way but having been in the northeast i think for very selfish reasons of really loving the place loving to be with the people the communities i saw an opportunity to take a different path okay and i'm so glad that i did do that it was that uh, the way to solve these social problems could be through education through engaging with people through opening channels of uh, communication between the local people not only with the rest of the country mm. but also with the security forces okay and uh, i think the environment has a lot to do with it people over time have been confined to their villages it's been the frog in the well syndrome which you know they could not uh, really be responsible for Hmm. but now with the opening of communications of uh, mass media there's an opportunity to make these changes okay and you know out of all the states of the seven states of the northeast which states are you working in right now the majority of our work is in manipur okay where the situation among all the seven or let's say rather the eighth sister the eight sisters being uh, you know the eighth sister being sikkim yeah so the the majority of our work is in manipur okay but we have also extended to nagaland to assam arunachal and now even to meghalaya wow fantastic and you know each of these states like all the other states of india are are very different what are the challenges you face in uh, on account of multiple ethnicities in the northeast I'm so glad you brought up that question because, for instance, uh, when you are in Bangalore or in Delhi, mm. you will think of a Naga being a Naga and nothing else. Correct. Whereas if you actually go to Nagaland, you'll find that there are 16 major tribes and multiple minor tribes. Correct. Which we don't don't even know each other's language, mm. and more than that, they even physically different in their features. Mm. So that's the diversity in a small state of less than two million people. Correct. If you go to Arunachal. the they have almost 200 different uh, uh, tribes and uh, identities hmm. so it's a massive challenge where every 40 50 kilometers you come ag- uh, across a different tribe who have different aspirations hmm. different you know way of living so that itself is a major uh, challenge wonderful uh, there is also the security challenge which hmm. is quite um, quite a big one especially hmm. for our young team members working in very remote areas where there is violence where there is ambushes on our uh, security forces and we have set up our schools and hostels but fortunately we have been able to overcome that with a lot of trust and our biggest insurance policy is the women who have told you know the the sons the brothers the fathers and the uncles and whatever that these guys are here to help us educate our kids and you dare not touch them okay so okay and you know uh there is a lot of work being done as you said on infrastructure but also at a political and social level and um, i was in arunachal 2 years ago because you know we wanted to go just retrace my father had served in misamari in 1962 and when i was talking to the people they said they said that a huge amount of work has happened in the last 5 6 years what according to you should be the role of the central government to be able to bring a lot of these communities into the mainstream of india 
I would agree with you that in the past five, six years, there's been considerable outreach from the central government to the northeastern communities, starting with a couple of very high-profile ministers from the mm. northeast, especially from Arunachal and from Assam. Mm. So that's a visible outreach. It's not only just the roads and infrastructure, but it's the words and it's the commitment that is being seen Correct. to make a change. And uh, I'm happy to say that uh, change doesn't come overnight. But uh, it is visible. It is happening slowly. There is uh, acceptance and um, the will of the government can be seen. So mm -hmm. it is in multiple sectors, whether it be the economy, whether it be in, uh, in travel, uh, opening up ways in which people can come and spend their money and, you know, improve the economy of the Northeast in livelihood, in skilling. Skilling has become a very big thing in the Chinese villages. Now we have uh, skilling. Mm -hmm. So, yes, uh, positive uh, changes happening in the past few years. Hmm. And tell me, Colonel, you know, you may be from Bangalore, I may be from Delhi, someone will be from Bengal. We never ever ask or even think, you know, who's from where. Yes. Yet, for some strange reason, the seven northeastern states and, and Sikkim or the eight sisters get clearly identified in, in India. What can be done or how can the rest of India be educated to be more inclusive? See, Ashitosh, you and me have never met before, mm. but we still identify on multiple, uh, in Correct. multiple ways. Correct. Uh, for instance, it could be Sachin Tendulkar, it could be Chana Bhutaras, mm. it could be Hindi, Bollywood, Correct. cricket, you name it. Yeah. Uh, most of all by our facial uh, features. But you step across into, say, interior Nagaland or Mizoram, none of these hold through, uh, true. None of these uh, connects are there. Hmm. So uh, starting with the facial features, you're instantly recognizable as somebody different. Hmm. Okay. And there's very little connect, even religion, if you want to uh, mention in many parts, hmm. it'd be food, culture, certainly language is a big issue. Hmm. And then when you go into still more interior areas, whether you've never seen a policeman, a postman, any symbol of India other than perhaps the army or the assembly rifle people, hmm. and we would like to go there and plant a flag and say Bharat Mata. Hmm. You know, they, they wouldn't even know what it's uh, all about. Hmm. So that is where the disconnect lies. Mm -hmm. I would like to say that, you know, integration and building a a country did not happen at the stroke of the midnight hour 1947. Correct. It is work in progress. Hmm. It's not happened in America in 200 years. It's going to take time here, but it is happening slowly and surely. Hmm. And are uh, the, the, you know, are our brothers and sisters in the Northeast, are they as receptive to uh, integrating with the mainland, if I can use that term? As I mentioned to you, the problem was more about the lack of communication, both physical and emotional communications. Mm -hmm. uh, if you talk of some parts of Nagaland, there were even headhunters as, as you know, as uh, as much as, you know, 90 or 80 years ago, mm -hmm. where people were confined to their villages and didn't have any connect with the outside mm -hmm. uh, world. Mm -hmm. Their whole existence and their nation state was their little village. Mm -hmm. They couldn't imagine being controlled by somebody from even another tribe mm -hmm. in the same state, forget about from somewhere else in India. Correct. So these changes are taking time. Mm. But what has certainly happened is that there's a flood of youth now going to different parts of the country for work, for education, and they're bringing back tolerance for diversity, for plurality. So that is making a change. Okay. So yes, I would say there is definitely an acceptance. For instance, there's more liking of Bollywood music. There is more, you know, speaking of Hindi. Mm. Uh, it's a slow process, but it is happening. It is happening. Wonderful. 
And you know, you had mentioned that you know you are on in, in areas where there are other countries, our neighbors are, are are bordering these states, whether it's China, whether it's Myanmar, I think Bangladesh as well. What kind of influence is wielded by our neighbors on uh, these uh, regions and the people there? Few people would know that ninety nine percent of the northeast has an international boundary. Yeah. There's only a small connect through the Siliguri corridor, correct? Right. So the rest of it is all with uh, foreign countries. So, but naturally there would be a foreign influence. But that too, I think, is greatly exaggerated. Let me start with the China. Hmm. The common perception, you know, in other parts of India, is that okay, northeastern people they eat noodles hmm. or they do kung fu and things like that. You know, hmm. uh, nothing would be farther from the, the truth. Correct. In Mizoram or in Nagaland, they've perhaps never heard of noodles, especially in their villages. It, hmm. it may be true in the villages of Arunachal Pradesh where they have the Tibetan uh, culture. Hmm. So the Chinese influence, I would say, is. Quite restricted in other parts, excepting maybe in Arunachal or maybe some parts of Sikkim, where it's mm. more the Tibetan rather than the Chinese influence. Mm. But in other places, yes, there is the influence of drugs. We are close to the Golden Triangle, mm. so there is smuggling of drugs, and consequently a big effect: HIV, AIDS, and those type of things. Okay. A lot of uh, smuggling, and of course, there's a little bit of the infiltration from Bangladesh, which I hope will stop soon because Bangladesh is improving considerably as a nation in terms yeah. of their economy and whatever. Okay, and uh, you know what is the impact of China? I mean, you know, a very highly developed country on some of the states there. So the Chinese influence, uh, I would say, is very limited because culturally it is, um, I would say, almost negligible. If you want to talk of Mizoram, Manipur, uh, Nagaland, perhaps slightly in the northern areas of Arunachal, maybe in some areas of uh, Sikkim, again, more of the Tibetan influence. Okay. With the recent uh, changes in the security environment uh, with China, there could be some changes in terms of them interfering, uh, supporting the militants, whether in third, third countries like Myanmar. Uh, there's a possibility for them interfering. Okay. As now, as of now, I would say that their uh, influence is limited. There is a certain amount of um, interference and support for the militant groups, mm -hmm. which we'll have to combat and contend with. Right. Otherwise, not more. Okay. I'd like to say one more thing about uh, you know culture, pop culture that is there, especially mm -hmm. in Nagaland, Mizoram. Uh, it is more towards Korean uh, pop culture or Japanese pop culture, right. even weaning away from Western pop culture. Mm. Very interesting. So my next question on you know related to the same region and all the work that you are doing there, you know, uh, Chris, this is the age of the millennials, and millennials in thinking are probably the same all over the world. You know, they're, they're, that's the, the generation that's going to really take our world forward. What is your impression? And you work with children from K to 12. And what is your impression of the millennials? And what are they, what is their thinking of uh, work coming and working in the other states of India? So this perhaps is the first generation that has got contact with social media, with mass communication. Their parents never had that. Yes. They didn't even have electricity. Hmm. to have that connection and now suddenly being exposed to so much hmm. and you could you, you, as you would understand the change is happening very very uh, rapidly hmm. it is certainly having both a positive and a negative uh, impact okay. i'd like to be uh, you know straight with that hmm. so being in the schools 
we find that many of our kids get impacted by the mobile phones and the games and that affects their learning uh, outcomes mm-hmm. at the same time we are able to leverage this in the remote areas and send them their you know learning through the uh, these uh, devices the second aspect would be that they getting a not, lot of knowledge you know uh, it's a window to the world uh, from what they've never seen and heard before correct so uh, they are able to now form opinions of various things whether polit- political social and cultural mm-hmm. and thirdly they are able to leverage these platforms whether it be youtube or facebook or facebook for a bit of activism mm-hmm. to stress their views they are no longer willing to stay quiet you know about uh, maybe the way that their parents were they want this level of uh, activism wonderful Uh, again on the on the negative side of things it has created a bit of materialism mm-hmm. you know this that you see which causes a bit of pressure on the parents to give them all these devices and give them all these things that they would like mm-hmm. uh, so those are some of the uh, uh, aspects but uh, definitely it is helping them in a big way integrate with the rest of the country mm-hmm. they are able to source news uh, and events that are happening everywhere else they are able to connect with the rest of the country that's mm-hmm. a very important thing wonderful so maybe i got two more questions for you on related to sunbird and uh, you before i move to some personal questions an army officer going and working in the northeast uh, and working with children and making a difference what are some of the core values you believe in for sunbird first and foremost it is uh, this thing of diversity that uh, uh, you have to come in to accept the reality and the nuances of people where they are mm-hmm. and not tell them what they are supposed to be okay we have to sort of bring them in their own culture in their own reality their own aspirations respect mm-hmm. that tremendously it calls for some unlearning and learning again and some training also especially for our team members who come from other parts of the mm-hmm. uh, the, the country uh, another thing is a lot of flexibility for a sunbird team members because what is the biggest certainty is uncertainty because okay. uh, you never know when there's going to be violence whether there's going to be some disruption or the other uh, even the weather in some of our places mm-hmm. our team members are cut off for weeks together from communications we sometimes have to climb two hills and sit on a, under a particular tree to get a a, a, a signal mm-hmm. so that flexibility is another uh, key value that a team member would require okay commitment is the third mm. with all the challenges that one faces whether it be the food the, the culture the the lack of uh, communication commitment to the local people mm. and to the, the education to bringing it up to making those changes not very easy especially when certain methods are so entrenched mm. that's another thing which is very very uh, uh, you know difficult so these are some of the core values i wouldn't go with the normal ones of integrity and all which are definitely there in every part of uh, uh, sunbird trust fantastic and my last question to you is that you know as an army officer your leadership style in the army was very hierarchical how did you have to change your leadership style when you came and started working with in a more democratic if that's the right word environment like sunbird trust and students Yes so um, i definitely have to make a lot of uh, changes and mm-hmm. in, uh, in the army the hierarchical way is uh, it's an occupational hazard you have to right. do you have to follow that otherwise right. uh, you couldn't run your organization well True. but when you step into the development sector mm-hmm. and, 
and you have a, a team of young professionals all in the age group of you know you could say 21 to 34 35 years old you have to change uh, drastically you cannot bring in that type of hierarchical way of functioning right so i'm happy to say that um, i've shifted to a very consensual to uh, a coaching method also if you like to say mm-hmm. coaching the uh, with them a shared leadership where we get a lot of ideas we discuss before we take any uh, decisions mm-hmm. so those are some of the things that have uh, more of a team based approach than hierarchical uh, uh, approach okay. and it's worked uh, very well because um, given our dispersion in so many different areas uh, me dictating from a different place to mm-hmm. a person who's been there and who's living there in a particular village may not be the right way to go okay so a lot of respect for my young team members and a lot of learning from them fantastic so time i've got time for a few more questions for you personally yeah. you know yeah. great career in the army uh, successful trust sunbur trust working well with lots of uh, you know children and older people what does success mean to chris it took me some time to figure that out what it really means is you know each one of us has a grain and you cannot explain where that grain comes from mm-hmm. there's a guy who's very fond of poetry mm-hmm. and you never know it it seems odd to some of us there's somebody else who's got a mechanical bent of mind who likes to you know unravel to uh, fiddle with a car or a scooter or things like that so everybody has this different grain and finding that grain and finding something that aligns which is your life and your work mm-hmm. is not often the easiest thing it, okay. it sometimes takes decades so when you find that alignment of your grain the things that you want to do your hobbies your interests and your work mm-hmm. i think that brings you to a success okay so i would say that if you go by maslow's uh, theory mm-hmm. of self actualization that it is exactly that it's a bit uh, it's a bit archaic when i'm telling you that but that's really what it is when you can reach that stage at the top where you can mm-hmm. actualize all your desires what your inner being it and bring it to bear mm-hmm. importantly i would uh, like to stress many people would like to uh, say that success is uh, only based on them i would say that when you see that you are having an impact on the lives and destinies of others mm-hmm. in a very positive way i would also count that as success wonderful and i have time for one more question and that's a follow on question to success yes. where do you get your inspiration to keep doing such amazing things thank you uh, ashutosh i think uh, the first inspiration comes from my parents my father himself was an air force officer who spent 15 years of his life post his retirement in the development sector mm-hmm. and uh, the whole family has had that inclination to be in the, you know working on such things also a very supportive spouse who's taken a lot of nonsense from me in you know the work and a lot of difficulties mm-hmm. uh, that she's had to face a great amount of inspiration from there a lot of inspiration from my young team members who have come at a risk to their lives mm-hmm. to serve in these some of these very very remote uh, areas mm-hmm. and giving of their best so there's a lot of learning and a lot of inspiration from their courage from their commitment that is the third uh, inspiration that i get fantastic on an, on a different plane altogether from the work that i do a person that has influenced me a lot is nelson mandela okay a person who was who spent i think 26 or 27 years in jail who was tortured and everything and yet was able to bring whites and blacks bring the whole country together yeah so for the type of work that we are trying to do or bring 
bringing peace and friendship between communities mm. he was a big inspiration absolutely no he was an amazing man i i actually had the option to serve with him on on a board in geneva and i met him uh, but that's for another story sometime so but kanrigo uh, thank you so much it's been such a pleasure talking to you thank you for all the incredible work you're doing for at sunbird and you know making sure that you are able to build such amazing relationships uh, with so many people good luck to you thank you so much ashitosh thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you